Welcome back to the Fan Hub, everyone. I'm Nat, and this is the Monday Show, the women's football news show for the week of August 12th, 2019. And if you're wondering why I'm saying football, as clearly I'm an American and not soccer, it's for the alliteration because this is the Women's Football Fan Hub. Let's go. All right, all right. And for this episode, starting with some NWSL news. There's been a lot. It's been a roller coaster of a week, if I'm being honest. And let's start with the Pride signing defender Julie King from the North Carolina Courage. Um, she is a replacement for Tony Presley, who was diagnosed with breast cancer earlier. Um, so they signed her from the Courage, who have not really been playing her. Um, she hasn't really gotten much um, NWSL playing time since the folding of the Boston Breakers. Um, and she was uh, really important for their defense, and I think she'll be really good for Orlando's back line, um, probably going on from now, because in her first game she got a red card playing for the Pride, which is not exactly how you want to start out your... Uh, your career at a new club, but, you know, hey, she's getting playing time, so that's good, and I do think she's a good defender, so it's good for the pride. Moving on to a slightly happier uh, subject, not all red cards. Um, yeah, Utah seemed to be on a new winning streak after beating Sky Blue 3-0 and Rain FC 3-1. Um, this was just after the disappointing defeat to Chicago at home when Laura Harvey said that she was pretty disappointed with her team, that they cannot be making the mistakes that they've made. They cannot let those late goals, um, they can't let those late go goals in, um, and that they have to be stronger on offense, and that really seems to have resonated with the players because... I mean, I don't know if two games is technically a winning streak, but I hope for at least all Utah Royals fans that it is, and that this is the sign of what is to come for the rest of the season. Um, because I was worried, because um, the Royals have scored six goals in their last two games, which is the same amount of goals they scored between May 25th and August 3rd, and uh, bearing in mind that the World Cup break was... Um, in that portion of the season, and Kristen Press was gone from the team, um, but at the same time, your team should not be comprised of one player, no matter how good they are, and no matter how talented Kristen Press is, I think it's really important that, um, in the game against Rain FC, she was not on the score sheet, um, and in a way that sounds funny because just how talented Kristen Press is, you would think that generally she would be on the score sheet and it would be good that she's, um, if she's scoring, but in the long run, um, especially with the U.S. Women's team still on their victory tour, I think it's really good for the Royals um, to get these two victories and I think it'll really help their confidence going in to the last little bit of the season. And... You know, if they keep going like this, they I think they have a really good chance of making it to the playoffs for the first time in club history. That's not saying a lot because they haven't existed for that long. But anyways, yeah. So, congratulations, Utah. Um, 
I'm a little salty as a Rain fan, but congratulations nonetheless. It was a good game. Good game. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Rain, they seem to be having some trouble with two pretty bad home losses. Um, the Cascadia Derby was in there where they beat Portland one to nothing, but the Rain have not had any like high scoring wins in a really long time. They've had like one one draws. They've had one zero wins, and then they'll have like a 3-1 loss or a 4-0 loss in the case of the Chicago game and that's really worrying for fans. I think that's really not a great sign but at the same time I think even if they don't make it to the playoffs this season I think just kind of staying afloat at where they are with 10 players out for the rest of the season including um, our two main goalkeepers in uh, Australia's Lydia Williams and uh, Michelle Bedos, and also having Jess Fishlock injured and having Megan Rapino injured. Um, those are some pretty big and important players to be missing for a decent amount of the season. So, uh, you, you know, got to give some props to Vlatko Andonovsky um, for, I think, honestly, just like coaching through such a uh, terrible injury crisis. It's really, it's not fun. Um, yeah, but somehow mostly make and do, unless this is the beginning of the slide down with some not great uh, score lines. Um, and also, fun fact or not so fun fact, Rain FC is the only team in the top four currently with a negative goal differential with a negative three goal differential. I know, not fun, right? Um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that particular statistic, but it's true. Um, and I think that goal differential says a lot about how well a team is doing and how well it will do in the rest of the season, so my hopes are not terribly high for Rain FC. Um, but you know what my hopes are high for? Um, for Portland's attendance um, as they set another record with their win against North Carolina Courage. It was a sellout game at the newly redone Providence Park. They were redoing it over the off-season, and they had a sellout crowd of 25,218 spectators to watch North Carolina put in two own goals for Portland to win. You never would have thought North Carolina scoring all three goals and losing. Gotta love it, gotta love it. I felt, man... I felt so bad for Abby Ursig. I think she's such a great player, but that was just a mess in the box, and sometimes bad things happen. But yeah, good for Portland. I'm so glad that so many people turned out for the game. Um, I hope that continues over onto other NWSL teams, um, particularly Sky Blue, as they announced that their August 18th match against Rain FC will be played at Red Bull Arena, which I think is amazing and a huge, huge, huge step up from where they play now or generally, which is at uh, Rutgers, which is just like a college field and it's not that nice and you can't fit that many people in, but Red Bull Arena is where the New York Red Bulls play, um, which is the MLS team. <sighs> Yeah, man, I really hope it works out for them because, yeah, I feel like if you've been following the NWSL for a little bit, you know about the problems that Sky Blue has had 
and I think attendants would really prove to their owners that they're worth something, even though that shouldn't be a thing. The owners should know that what they're doing is important, but yes, I hope this works out really well and that they get to play maybe more games at Red Bull Arena. Maybe if they make it into the playoffs at some point in their future, they'll play it there. I don't know. I'm shrugging. For those of you listening, I don't know. It's uh, hopefully. But we'll see. We'll see. And that is the end for NWSL news this episode. Moving on to international news. Um, On this part, I will be talking mostly about international leagues, not necessarily um, like the U.S. Women's National Team. This is more about, like, the FA Women's Super League. Speaking of which, Alex Greenwood, who had captain Manchester United um, to promotion to the Women's Super League, has left for Olympic Lyon. I think that's a big hit for United. Um, Obviously, it's good for Alex Greenwood, because that's Olympic Lyon is one of, if not the best, women's team in the world. So for her career, I'm sure that's that's right, but there have been a lot of a lot of people talking um, on the internets about how well Manchester United will fare in the um, in the Super League. Um, but they do they did sign Abby McManus from Manchester City. Ooh, changing sides of Manchester. Um, so hopefully she'll be the new, like, steady player in their back line, um, treating England International for England International. Um, yeah, so hopefully she'll make up for the loss of Alex Greenwood. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be really hard because Greenwood was just such, like, I don't know, she felt really important to their team. Maybe it wasn't as much as, I don't know, she seemed to be, but... Yeah, hopefully they make it good in the Super League. I really believe in their coach, Casey Stoney. I think she's amazing. So yeah, we'll just have to watch and see. Um, moving a little farther south to Italy, um, Australian international Lisa Devana has signed for Fiorentina uh, from Sydney FC. She is 34 going on 35, so she is an older player, which I always forget about that. That's why I put it in, because I always think, I'm like, oh, she's just like Sam Kerr's age. No, she's slightly older. Um, And she has played for the Orlando Pride and the Washington Spirit in the NWSL in the past, but no longer. She is with Fiorentina, and I think that is good for, I think, the Italian Women's League, honestly. (laughs) Um because I think she's a really quality player, and having not just um, Italian internationals I think will be really important for that league. I know they do have some American players, but they are not um, obviously on the women's national team, so yeah, I think that'll ju- that's just good for the league in general. Um, some happy news for me is that uh, Ji Soyeon, who plays for Chelsea, signed a new contract until so she'll be playing at Chelsea until 2022. This makes my heart so happy because she's amazing and she scored an amazing goal against um, Lyon in the Champions League semifinals. It was so good. Um, she is a 28-year-old South Korean international and she... Um, 
Yeah, I totally forgot where I was going with that sentence. Um, she has been with Chelsea since 2014, and I honestly hope she's there for the rest of her career. I would love her for her to just stay and be with Chelsea forever. So, <laughs> I, if you can't tell, I'm really excited about that. I think she is one of our, like, steadiest players. I think she's so important for our midfield. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a Chelsea women's fan. Um... <laughs> Not going to be biased, though. Trying real hard. Not going to be biased, I promise. Um, yeah, moving on from Chelsea and, like, kind of sadder news, I guess. Um, Arsenal have confirmed that Danielle Carter has suffered from another ACL injury. Um, this really sucks because she had just made her return in March of last season, so March of 2019, from an ACL injury that she sustained in last May, so May of 2018. So she was out from May of 2018 to March of 2019. I know I'm saying this for myself because it's kind of like a mess in my brain, and I'm like, what? What year? What happened? What's... <laughs> yeah, okay, but it makes sense now. May 2018. March 2019. She just came back for the end of Arsenal season, and she is out again, probably for the whole of the 2019-2020 season, and that's just awful. That's no fun, and I hope she gets better soon. But coming off of that, there is some good news to come out of the Women's Super League, which is the FAWSL Player, which is coming on September 2nd. It is a streaming app or a streaming service. I think you can just get it on the internet and you can stream Super League games and some championship games, I believe, from anywhere in the world. So this is the light of my life. I've been waiting for this forever. Um... I hope that you can still watch the games that they're playing um, on TV on the player because obviously sometimes <laughs> I can't afford a VPN to be able to watch the games that they play on TV. Um, but yes, I think this is a huge step forward for the league. I think it's so important. I know, like, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll be watching every game I can and I just hope that this helps grow the league. I know that they just got... Um, a big sponsorship deal with uh, Barclays. I don't exactly know what that is because um, I'm American. <laughs> um, but they're a really big sponsor and actually it's technically at Barclays FA Women's Super League. So that's how much they're putting into it. And I think that's really amazing for the league. And I think that, yeah, it'll really help it grow. And I think the next couple seasons we'll see women's football just like across the world get bigger and better please yes so excited <laughs> um yeah moving again to germany um caroline simon who was a who is um 26 year old german defender um his has moved from Lyon to bayern munich um and I think this is really interesting because Bayern have also signed Ali Riley from Chelsea, and they already have uh, Lena McGoll, uh, Julia Gvin, and oh my god, I'm 
I'm for sure destroying all of these names. I'm so sorry. I know I heard them during the World Cup, but I just wanted to say that they have a lot of players that I think impressed a lot during the World Cup, and I definitely think that um, them and Barcelona have been like stacking up their squads, um, their teams, to be able to compete against Lyon in the Champions League, which I think is really funny to just be able to see that in real time. <laughs> I'm like, wow. They're just doing this for the Champions League, which is good. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going to be able to watch those Champions League games. Um, the only ones I was really able to watch was the Chelsea games when they streamed those on the Chelsea app and the Barcelona and Wolfsburg games because they stream those on their YouTube channels. So for like future reference, I don't know, that's where to find those. Or if it's not, I'll update you. Honestly, like anywhere I can find the streams, I will tell you on this show. Um, but yeah, the Frauen Bundesliga starts on August 17th with Bayern playing Freiburg and Wolfsburg playing SC Sand. <sighs> it's coming so soon. That's like this weekend. What happened? I mean, not what happened, like... I don't know. The summer just went by really fast. Maybe because of the World Cup that just like took all of my attention. But yeah, other seasons are starting real soon. Um, and yeah, so it's Champions League. But I will talk more about the Women's Champions League later when it actually starts up. Now for the <laughs> the genius of like the best name ever. It's called Other News. <laughs> Which is just where I talk about news that didn't fit into NWSL or international news. Um, and to start off, something that I learned completely by accident, just like randomly on Twitter the other day, was that the International Champions Cup, which is being held in Cary, North Carolina, is being broadcast on ESPN+. I didn't know that it was being broadcast anywhere. Why didn't somebody tell me this? Why, why is this not general information? Um... Which actually is not great because ESPN Plus is um, a service you have to subscribe to and pay for. Um, but thankfully, I think only the first two games will be on ESPN Plus. I think the third place game um, is just broadcast on ESPN 2 and the final is on ESPN News. So... Um, ESPN News is where they stream some of the NWS, or not stream, I guess, uh, where they show some of the NWSL games that they do on ESPN, so just go there. Um, yeah, and the games are, um, Olympic Lyon versus Atletico Madrid on August 15th at 5pm Eastern Time, um. And then there's the North Carolina Courage versus Manchester City on August 15th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Those will both be on ESPN Plus if you already have um, if you already have a subscription or if you want to get a subscription for that, I guess. I'm not sure it would be worth it, but I mean, if you want to. If you, if, if you have that disposable income, if I had that disposable income, I 100% would because I so badly want to watch... Um, the three teams that are not North Carolina Courage that I normally don't get to watch. 
anyways, the struggles of being a woman soccer fan. Because nobody streams anything, and I never get to watch teams that I want to watch. Except for NWSL. They do a pretty good job about that, and I'm pretty proud of that. But anyways, the third place game, there's only four games. There's the first two, a third place game, and a final game. The third place game is on August 18th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, which will be on ESPN2, I believe. And the final, which will be on August 18th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, will be on ESPN News. So if I can't watch any of the other games, I will for sure be watching the final. I'm so excited. Is it kind of bad that I hope North Carolina isn't in the final because I want to watch two teams that I don't get to watch a lot? But hey, I might get to watch Man City more this year because of the um, FA Women Super League player. I'm so excited about that. I really can't like talk enough about that. I just want everybody to go download it and like even if you don't watch all the games, maybe watch like some of the games, watch a game like every other weekend or just like have it. I don't know. I just I'm so excited. I'm over the moon. <laughs> um Yes, some other other news. <laughs> I am so great at naming things. If you can't tell by the name of this show, the um the Monday show for the Women's Football Fan Hub. Best name ever. I'm just so talented at naming things. But, <laughs> away from my shortcomings, um, the U.S. Women's National Team Victory Tour continues with two games against Portugal, one on August 29th and one on September 3rd. I will be tuning into those and probably talk a little bit about them. But that is not my main concern, even though it is frustrating that that will take um, NWSL players away from their teams again. That is my one ugh, thing that I hate about this victory tour. Like, I think it's, I don't know, I don't know if I think it's important, but I think it is good to, like, give the fans back in the States something to be like, yeah, we won. But I feel like in a certain way that that should be them going to NWSL games because for the first couple NWSL games back um, people were like oh I'm gonna go like for instance go see Megan Rapino at the rain game but she wasn't playing because she was um, well I think she's a bad um, she's it's she was injured so but like I don't know feel like people are like, oh, I'm going to go see this player at this NWSL game, but no, they're off at the Victory Tour, and that kind of takes away from the NWSL, and I think U.S. soccer just needs to get their stuff in order and be like, oh, NWSL is maybe more important <laughs> than the U.S. Women's National Team, or at some point it's going to have to be, but, you know, maybe that's just me. Oh, uh, Yeah. And anyways, some more news for the U.S. Women's National Team is that they hired Kate Markgraf as the new general manager. Um, she is the first general manager um, in... <laughs> she is um, the first general manager that the U.S. Women's National Team has had. This comes after the U.S. Men's National Team hired their first general manager. I think this is a smart move on U.S. from U.S. soccer. Um, you know, one of their first smart moves. And it's only a smart move because the men did it first. Weird. Um, 
But yes, it will be... Oh, some more information on Kate Markgraf. If you don't know who she is, she was a defender for the U.S. Women's National Team from 99 to 2010. She has 201 caps with the team uh, and two Olympic gold medals and a World Cup from 99. And she's first ever general manager. Um, And it will be her job to hire the new coach um, since Jill Ellis is stepping down after the victory tour. Um, and some names have been, like, sprinkled around here and there. I'm doing weird hand motions. <laughs> you can't tell. Um, but two names that have surfaced are two coaches that I know pretty well because they have both coached for the Reign. Um, and that is Vlatko Andonovsky and Laura Harvey. I think two great choices right now. I would probably give the job to Vlatko just for how he's handled this injury crisis because I think that takes like a lot for a coach and I, I've just been so impressed with him this season. Um, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention when he to him when he was coach for FC Casey, um, but that's just because they were big rivals <laughs> for the rain and I was like, I don't like you, I'm just not going to pay attention to you. But I now know that that is not how you treat your rivals you learn more about them than your team. Um, but yeah, I would I would endorse Flat Komandinovsky to be the next um, U.S. Women's National Team head coach. And that would be sad for the rain because I think he's done amazing things, especially this season. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it is Kate Markgraf who will make that decision. And I'm very curious to see what she has to say because it was just announced like today, that she was officially the general manager, so I don't know a whole lot about what she's about, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's exciting. Woohoo! Yay! Um, but yes, also, other than news, I really wanted to take uh, a minute to talk about refing in the NWSL, um, because it's been bad for a while, and I feel like this comes up um, every season, I want to say, and it's come up now because of the Orlando-Houston game, where Orlando lost um, by one goal to nothing, um, and the one goal came from a penalty kick taken by Rachel Daly, which uh, was conceded. Yeah, it's... A lot of people have a lot to say, but I think that Allie Krieger made some really good comments about it, and I will play them for you right now, because her voice is better than mine, and I think she has a better inside look than I do about this whole situation, and even though it was her team that lost, I still think her opinion is important, because this is not the first time this has happened. Whoops. This is not the first time this has happened, and yeah, let's listen. We've been successful on that. Ali, what was your view of the last 10 minutes of, with the penalty that was given away and Marta being sent off? Um, pretty bad. You know, obviously the ref lost control of the game, and um, I think they have to be better, all four of them. Um, you know, I don't want to place blame on that, and that's why we lost, because, yeah, we, we control ourselves, but she obviously can get better control. Um, we're putting a good product out on the field, and every year we're getting better, and the referees seem like they're not. So I beg the NWSL to just get 
just the standard needs to be higher. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that you feel like the referee is ruining the game. They're taking the fun out of the game because they're not good enough. And I don't mean to place blame, but I'm just so sick of coming out every every Saturday or Sunday. And, and the standard is so low. When we are trying to pick the standard up so high that the referees are just not good enough. Male, female, it doesn't matter. We need good referees. And... I, you could you could then see that you know the standard for us would be even higher. I just think it's 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 tough because some of the things might not have, might not have happened if if there were better calls and um, she lost control of the game completely. And you could see that obviously Marta got really upset. Some players get upset and then things get out of hand when obviously the referee has no control of the game. It just has to be better. And I'm just so sick of driving home after these games and thinking, even if we win, I'm like, God, like, I just wish the referees were just a little bit better. The standard needs to be a little bit higher because we're raising the standard every single year and we bring out such great quality and then it's sometimes ruined because, because of them. And, and that's the honest truth. And, um, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. And again, to put that in context, this is um, that clip was from the post-game press conference after the Orlando zero Houston one game. Um, but her frustration has been echoed in the past. Um, I found an an article from the Equalizer from last season where they were talking to coaches. And these are some of the quotes that they got. Um, uh, they didn't specify the coach's name just for privacy reasons. Um, they said one coach said, "I think the fact that we're in the sixth season or the sixth year of the league, um, the coaches aren't walking on eggshells anymore and aren't afraid to have a voice is changing too." Um, I think. One co another coach said, what's the point in getting angry? It's just frustrating now. Um, they said the referees in this league are, are what they are, and it's always been that way. I think the biggest complaint is there is zero consistency week to week in anything. What's onside? What's offside? What's a foul? What isn't a foul? What's a yellow card? What's not a yellow card? What's a handball? What's not a handball? And that... <laughs> I can understand is incredibly frustrating, especially as a fan, and I've been a fan for long enough that I see those inconsistencies and I feel those inconsistencies, and it's, I can't imagine being a coach or a player in that situation and having to make decisions around something that you just have no control or no idea on, and that's gotta be frustrating and those comments came after there was a couple obviously red card offenses against players um, and they were not called during the game um, some were given yellow cards and some were not even seen by the referee so those were the complaints from last season <sighs> yeah but there the I think 
for me, the more frustrating thing is I. it seems to me that people still consider the NWSL as a stepping stone to something more and not as the final destination for like what they want to do with their career. It feels like people who are refereeing for the NWSL are looking to referee um, on bigger stages um, for maybe men's teams in the future, and this is where they're starting out. Um, this is where they're starting out. And to some extent, I can understand that because um, I could only find um, these numbers for the 2014 NWSL season, which obviously that was very early in the league's existence. But even then, refs made um, like far less than half of what MLS refs made every game. And so if you're if you are refing a game, you would want to be making more money. So obviously you would want to be where the money is, which is in MLS and in other places. So the NWSL does become a stepping stone in those cases, which is just really frustrating and really unfair to the players and unfair to the coaches and unfair to the fans because this is our destination. This is our final. This is our final place. This is what we want to see, and we want to see it at the highest level that we can. But that's we. But you can't always have that if not everybody is up to that standard. If some people are using it as a way to get somewhere else, everybody has to be in it at the same place at the same time for the same reasons or it's not all going to work and it's not going to grow the way that it should and I think again this all comes back to US soccer not making the I don't know if it's not making the right choices I don't know if I want to say that because I think they are making some decisions that are important for growing the league but it's 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 always been obvious that the NWSL isn't their first priority and they kind of expect it to grow on its own but it's not going to and I think that they don't want to accept that they want to put they want to put it on everybody else to grow the league and not on themselves um and yeah, but they are the big guy. If they say that something is wrong and something needs to be changed, then something will be changed. Yeah, and things will change, but I don't I don't really see them doing that for refing at least. I think that's so low on their priorities that that won't it won't seem like an issue to them. So uh it's just going to be a struggle and it's just something that I think Honestly, we're going to have to deal with for a couple more seasons or until people really start paying attention and maybe the pay gets better, but I don't see pays pay for refs getting better until pay for players gets better and it's it's always going to be an uphill battle for anything in women's sports. Um but at least for me it's um it's um it's just the mountain I'm willing to climb and I I just want to see that summit where everything is where 
I feel like it should be, and all of the right investments are being made in the right places for this league to grow and get better and be the best that it can be. And I know a lot of people think that this is the best that the league can be, but I think they're selling it short, to be honest. And yeah, I just think I think it can do better. I think we can all do better. And yeah, just show up for our teams. We got to do the only thing that we can do, show up for our teams, support our teams, support the women, support just talk about talk about it, talk about the leagues. Yeah. Get more people interested, you know, bring friends to games. And it'll be slow and these problems I have a feeling will come back season after season. I have a feeling next season I'll have my same complaints, being like, oh my god, this game was totally out of hand, the ref didn't didn't handle this quite right, or the ref didn't, hasn't been seeing all these calls that are just horrendous, and there, are, the, there will always be those problems, um, but I think they will, they will get better slowly and slowly, and we might not even notice it when the day comes when we're like, oh, hey, refing has gotten pretty good. <laughs> um, and yeah, I hope everybody sticks around for when that day is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so thanks for listening, I guess, um, to this first episode, to this first Monday news show. I'll probably name it something different later down the line, but for now, you can follow me on Twitter at Natal and Buzz. I know my Twitter name or Twitter handle is stupid. Um, you can, I guess that's also my Instagram username, but I don't really use Instagram, so maybe don't follow me on that. Um, yeah, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to, I would also say subscribe to the Equalizer podcast because they're really good. They're a group of just amazing women's soccer journalists and yeah, I think that's another really good place for more like, more like team analysis. I think I'm just giving straight news. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Join me again on Thursday when I'll talk a little bit more about the history of the NWSL because I'm totally a history nerd and I love doing research like this. So, see you then.